We're scared to do the one thing that God is constantly asking us to do that goes against the flesh, that goes against the desire, that goes against the one thing that we love in secret and we hope no one tells no one about it. have had a beautiful weekend. I hope you guys have experienced whatever it was that you wanted to experience that helped you move forward in the kingdom of God. I hope that some of you, maybe you had some projects that were stalled that were because of God's abundant grace, because of his abundant power, his mighty powerful spirit those projects are now moving forward again. And if that's applied to you, then I congratulate you. And if that hasn't happened to you, well, it's not over. God is going to do some amazing things in, in all of our lives. Amen. But today's episode is called Secret Sins and Skeletons in the Closet. And I came about this because, you know, as I was doing Bible study last week, a Bible study last week, I should say. I found out that um, it's not an easy position to be in. And it's a very, very high position that God holds you accountable. And there are some people who they struggle with that one secret sin that one skeleton in the closet. And this doesn't just apply to people in five-foot ministry, but this also applies to people in the body of Christ. Leadership or no leadership, whatever who you think you are, we all go through secret sins and skeletons in the closet, children, y'all. But that's the name of my topic. I'm going to be reading from Ecclesiastes 12, 14 and Psalms 44, 20 to 21. But before I begin, I want to say a quick prayer. Father God, in your mighty holy name, I plead the blood of Jesus over this message. I plead the blood of Jesus over all those who struggle in secret, who fight in secret, who cry in secret, who fail in secret. And I pray that this message may be filled with your spirit. I pray that this message will be used to uplift those who have no hope. I pray that those who have their hope deferred through this message and through your spirit, their hope may be restored, may be restored in you and the thoughts and plans you have for them, plans to give them a future and hope and plans for them to prosper and not fail them, Father God. We pray that you forgive us of our sins and you allow your power to flow through me, through this microphone, and on to all those who hear this message. Have this message serve as revelation. Have this message serve as breakthrough. Have this message serve as a you're not alone message. And I'm going to do a great work, a great and mighty thing within you, which you have not known. Let your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys. Ecclesiastes 12.14. For God will bring every work into judgment 
including every secret thing, whether good or evil. If uh, looking on to Psalms 44, 20 to 21. Sorry, guys, I was about to read it all together. But Psalms 44, 20 to 21. If we had forgotten the name of our God, which stretched out our hands to a foreign God, would God not search this out? For he knows the secrets of the heart. Father God, I plead the blood of Jesus over your word. Give us the bread. We know the day is over. And for some, the day is beginning. Give us the bread that we may eat in the future. That we may know how to take each step. That we may know how to take each bite. Give us your holy food. I plead the blood of Jesus over this microphone once more, over this temple, and over each and every one of us who choose to receive your message, receive your will, and understand your will. Help us break free tonight. Help us break free in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys. Secret sins and skeletons in the closet. So a lot of what's going on in the body is that there are a lot of Christians And I say this with all due uh, uh, respect and anything I say as a disclaimer, I say it for your edification because we're all called to keep each other accountable in the kingdom. And yes, we all fall short and we all fall down, but this is why I do what I do because there's an enemy that wants each and every one of our heads. And by me doing my part, to help keep the body accountable, I expect the same. I expect the same in return. Because the end goal is, we want to be able to trample on the serpent, on the serpents and scorpions. We want to be able to cast out the devils. We want to be able to cast out the secret sins and skeletons in the closet. So anything I say, from this point on, take it as me telling a hard truth, but a truth that. God willing, you will experience freedom through. Amen. So, you know, like I was saying before, a lot of what's going on in the body is that there are a lot of Christians who want to receive the fullness and they want to experience the fullness of the Godhead in Christ Jesus. And they want to receive the miracles of the Holy Spirit, including the Holy Spirit himself. As long as no one says anything about their secret sin, their skeletons in the closet. You know, they want to worship on Sunday and they want to be blessed in all areas of their lives, but they won't give up that one stronghold. They won't give up that one thing that separates them from everything they've always wanted in the kingdom. And this isn't to condemn them, children of y'all, because I know how it feels. Even most church leaders have or have had skeletons in the closet that haven't been dealt with and they're constantly being fed more unclean food of the devil this happens to everyone children of y'all and no matter how much they praise and worship the lord that one secret sin children of y'all is the death blow and it suffocates one to the point of taking one out of the game a little bit more on that later you know people more more or less they fall backwards sometimes to an extreme and then the guilt eats them up before 
they're completely overtaken before they're done. Sometimes, you know, you see someone running strong in the Lord, like Galatians says, you ran well, who hindered you? You see someone running strong in the Lord, but nobody knew about that secret sin. Nobody knew about that skeleton in the closet except the devil and God himself. And the guilt just, just, uh, 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 it slowly got to them. They just slowly felt like they were coming to a place where they would never be able to overcome it. So next thing you know, they don't come to church as much. They're quiet. They sit in the back of the church. Or if they're leadership, they try to stay uh, 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 they try to stay in the cut. They try to, uh, you know, wait in the corner, try to say as little as possible. Brother Shaq, what do you think about what we're doing? Um, I think it's great. I think it's great. I think you should do it. You don't have nothing more to say? No, I, I, I think it's a good idea. Or when they're or when they're given a message, the message is you can feel it like something. It's 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 something holding them back from saying the absolute truth with complete conviction in the Holy Spirit. It's something that holds them back. And this isn't something exclusive that leaders just go through. Children of Yah, we all go through this. We all go through this. I've gone through it for over 22 years. You say, well, what about deliverance? Sure, they and us, you know, we all go through the deliverance, but what happens is that you know, for someone who has a secret sin or a skeleton in the closet, what happens is that their love for the world compromises what God wants to do in their lives. And then the demons come back seven times more deceptive and seven times more powerful. And then the last state of that man is worse than the first. I'm going to read that passage in Luke 24, 26. Jesus says, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places, seeking rest and finding none. He says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it swept and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. For those of you who didn't understand, let me translate for you. The unclean spirit is a demon, children of Yah. When an unclean spirit, there's a passage, I believe, I, I think it's First Peter, where it says, be vigilant for the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. That enemy comes in the form of unclean spirits or demons, children of Yah. They come in the form of demons. And what these demons do is they watch. They watch all of our souls to see where the hole is. The devil can't be in multiple places at one time. So what does he do? He sends his demons out. He sends his demons looking and they always come in the form of temptation. They always come in, in the form of, 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 uh, of idolatry or that one sin that the devil knows through watching you, through watching your patterns, you can't resist or you've had a difficult time to resist. But when that spirit uh, uh, finds the hole, it goes into the soul. The demon goes into the soul and it wreaks all kinds of havoc and it compromises that person's priesthood. And then the more they feed that demon, the harder it is to shake that stronghold. And you see, one of the things, children of Yah, that we struggle with as Christians is we don't like to confess our sins to one another. 
We like to have on this image where we have to be holier than now. Children of Yah, Ephesians 5.11 says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. The whole game, children of Yah, is we are called to expose the darkness. James 5.16 says, confess your sins to one another that you may, uh, 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 that you may be healed. For the, for the effective and fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. But children of y'all, we all struggle with this. We are like, like, like if someone stood in front of the congregation and confessed the ugliest sin, the ugliest of the ugliest sins, all sin is the same. But in, you know how it is in our minds, you know, some sins are worse than others. The sin of adultery is worse than the sin of gluttony. Y'all, I went to McDonald's three times yesterday. I didn't. I'm just giving an example. Versus, yo, I cheated on my wife. You know how it is. But we like to keep these things to ourselves. And so when that devil gets casted out, going back to Luke 11, when that devil gets casted out through deliverance, through reclaiming the blood of Jesus over that person's soul, the spirit goes around and looks and see who, who else I can enter, who else I can, I, can, I can destroy. And if they don't find anything, then they go back to hell. And then the next time that person sins, that spirit then enters with seven other spirits, as Jesus says, that are more wicked than that. And so that spirit becomes seven times more powerful. How many of you have ever struggled with a secret sin that was pretty hard to overcome? And then through the blood of Jesus, you were delivered from that sin, but you had a moment of failure and, and you lapsed and you failed. You stumbled. You, uh, 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 you gave in to the temptation of whatever that sin was. And then you felt seven times worse. You felt like, like you just couldn't, you, you know, you, you, you just couldn't like, like, man, I guess this is just a part of who I am. And that's another thing, children of y'all. A lot of people, the devil has convinced a lot of Christians that even non-believers that their sin is part of who they are and they can never shake it. Children of y'all, this is an outright lie of the devil. This is an outright lie of the devil. And this is why the Bible says you have to be born again. You have to be baptized by the water. You have to be baptized by the spirit. You say, I'm already baptized by the water and I'm, all, I'm already, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, but it, 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 ha it hasn't worked. You got to be baptized by the spirit. When you're baptized by the spirit, children of y'all, your faith in the spirit will speak. I gave this analogy before a long time ago, but I'll give it again. It's like a Puerto Rican. It's like living in Puerto. It's like a a, a a Puerto Rican living in Puerto Rico. A Puerto when you live when a Puerto Rican lives in Puerto Rico, they're gonna speak the language, they're gonna eat the food, they're gonna drink the drink, and they're gonna live the culture. They're gonna do what Puerto Ricans do. But when a Russian enters Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico or or a Puerto Rican speaks Russian, excuse me, to the Puerto Rican uh the indigenous people of Puerto Rico, everybody's like, whoa, 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 what? Where'd you come from, man? 
Nah, we, 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 don't, we, we don't speak that language here. Children of Yah, I say that to say, if you're born again in the spirit, you're going to do exactly as the spirit does. You're going to eat the food. You're going to drink the water. You're going to do your faith in the spirit, your faith by being baptized in the spirit. You're, through that, you're going to produce the workings of the Spirit. What is the workings of the Spirit? You're going to follow the Lord's commandments. You're going to keep God's word. You're going to do God's will. And everybody is going to see your fruit. They're going to see the fruit on the tree, and you're going to be a light for many, many people. You're going to be a light for many, many people, children of Yah. So this whole lie of our sin is, is is just a part of who we are. Like our addictions are a part of who we are. Don't fall for that foolishness, children of Yah. Don't fall for that lie. You can overcome your sin. You can be a new creation in Christ. The Bible says, behold, the old things have passed away. Believe that with your hearts, children of Yah. Believe that with your hearts. But I digress. But the secret sin, you know, the secret sin can keep uh, 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 the Holy Spirit out of the temple, out of your temple, out of your body, your mind, your heart, and your soul completely to the point that God ignores you and you'll be confused and led to believe that God will pull you out one day. I fell into that trap. I just kept thinking, oh, it, I, for, to me, it was a Disney moment where you watch the movie and there's some average girl, some average boy, and they're living their lives. And then one day something comes upon them and changes the trajectory of their life completely to the point that, that, that nothing's ever the same. And all of a sudden they see this thing in front of them that they have to, they're just driven to it. They're just driven to it. And a lot of people fall into the Disney mentality. They just think that, oh, I, I just got to lay in bed. I just got to keep doing the same thing over and over. And hopefully one thing will change. What's that Einstein quote? Do it, insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Children of Yah, this is the very same. No one in the Bible, no one in the Bible did anything sitting there. You say, what about Job? Job didn't sit still. Job worshiped the Lord with worshiped the Lord with all of his heart and all of his soul. That was what he was called to do. And as a result of him doing that, as a result of him doing that, God gave him back what he lost. And God used him as one specific example. Just because Job went through this does not mean the same thing applies to you. How many of you have noticed that you keep saying, I'm going to wait on the Lord. I'm going to wait on the Lord. I'm going to wait on the Lord. And the Lord has not yet come. Now your faith is dwindling. Now the promise in your mind is dwindling. Now you believe that the Lord has forsaken you. Now you believe that God hates you. There's a verse in Proverbs that said, hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. Yet now your hope is deferred. Children of Yah, this is something that a lot of Christians go through. Don't fall into the trap of waiting for the Lord. 
And what happens is when people wait for the Lord, see, they don't try to advance the kingdom in their hearts. They don't try to advance the kingdom in their minds. They don't hone their knowledge in the Bible. They don't build a closer relationship with God. You know, they don't they don't they don't do the workings of the kingdom. They just kind of sit there and, and, and let idle and just let their time grow idle. Children of Yah, that is a sin. Sitting around idly is a sin. There's a verse in Ephesians that said that says redeem redeeming the time because the days are evil. Children of Yah, the devil loves idol worshipers. The devil loves people who say I'm going to wait on the Lord but they do nothing and say nothing that says my faith is completely in God. Children of Yah, waiting on the Lord does not necessarily mean waiting on the Lord. Waiting on the Lord means growing in your season of wait. You don't just plant the seed in the ground and then you wait for it to grow. What do you do? You water it. You water it. You give it plenty of sunshine. And as you do it, that seed gets stronger. Children of Yah. Whatever God has promised you, if God has promised you anything, you have to water it. There's a verse. There's a verse um, uh, that Paul says, I planted Apollo's water, but God gave the increase. So it is God who gives the increase. You can plant. As long as you plant and water, God will increase the seed that you plant and he'll increase the promise that he's promised you. That harvest will soon come, children of Yah. John 9, 31. Now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. James 4, 7, 8. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nearer to God and he will draw nearer to you. Cleanse your hearts, you sinners. And purify your hearts, you double-minded. Children of Yah, James 4, 7, a lot of people, they always like to leave out the therefore submit to God part. I, I see this a lot where it says resist the devil and he will flee from you. But they don't leave out the submit to God. Children of Yah, there is no promise without the submission of God first. You can, you can try to resist the devil on your own and he will flee from you, but your flesh will still be cursed. Jeremiah 17, 5 says, curses the man who relies on flesh for his strength, but blesses the man who relies on the spirit. You got to read the whole thing. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And notice that it says, therefore, submit to God first. It doesn't say resist the devil Submit to God and he will flee from you. Why? Because in the gospel of John, Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. I forgot what it says in between. Forgive me. And then about that. But at the end, it says, apart from me, you can do nothing. God is first. Matthew 6.33 says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Guys. The submission of God is the most important thing when it comes to dealing with the secret sin. If you know how to bind and constrict that desire, that flesh, if you know how to starve it, 
there's a very good chance that you can deal with the secret sins and skeletons in the closet. Jesus said, only these can come out by prayer and fasting. But you see, the thing is, do you believe? Do you believe your prayer will help cleanse yourself? Do you believe your fasting will help cleanse yourself? Because children of God, here's the whole thing. Some people say they believe, but they're still destroyed, but the stronghold is still there. Some people say, I worship the Lord with all my heart and soul. Oh, really? Then why are you still going through this? Why are you still going through this secret sin? Why are you still going through this skeleton in the closet? No one can serve two masters. The Holy Spirit and the unfruitful works of darkness cannot occupy the same temple. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Do not be unliquioked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has, what was it? Lawless, well, well what was it? Do not be unequivocal together with unbelievers. For what, Holy Spirit, help me. For what light has communion with darkness? And what? I'll, I'll think. I'll think of it later on. But you guys understand my point. The submission to God comes first, and God only hears the ones who heed His covenant and obey His commands. But as for the others, the truth, the hard truth, children of Yah, is that if they refuse to give up the secret sin that they love more than anything in their hearts, and God knows this truth far beyond what they've ever done for the Lord, then they're doomed. If they refuse to give up that secret sin, they're doomed. Second Thessalonians 2, 11, 12 says, and for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. I know the context of this verse is talking about the apostates, but the same thing still applies. If you look at the bottom half of the book of Romans chapter one, verses 17 to 32, I believe off the top of my head, it talks all about the wrath of God and how God is very much, he very much has no problem handing you over to the lusts and desires of the flesh. If you refuse to submit to him, God is not a chaser. He's not going to drag you through the mud if you have no desire to be near him. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That's not how it works. And here's the thing, children of y'all. The lie isn't that they don't go to church or pay their tithes and pay their offerings or sing in worship. The lie is that they get more fulfillment from their secret sin than from the Holy Spirit. And children of y'all, I'm going to be transparent with you. A lot of you know my story, but for those of you who don't, this is my opportunity to share it. That was me for a number of years with the pornography. For over 22 years, I struggled with a pornography addiction. And I claimed I was a Christian for 10 of them, but I 
I wanted the lust more than I wanted anything else. You know, I would look at the porn before church. I would look at the porn after church. I would look at the porn throughout the week. And, and you know something too? I wanted the false love. I wanted that version because there was no love in my family. I didn't know how to love properly in my family. Everyone in my family rejected me. And so I used the porn as a way to try to fulfill that void. You know, I wanted the false love more than anything else, including God, including Jesus. Even after I was well privy to the gospel, I still wanted that false love because I thought I was going to be alone for the rest of my life. And the porn deceived me. And I wanted to feel like, you know, uh, uh, I, I was uh, I wanted to never feel like I was alone in the porn more than anything. But here's the thing, children, of y'all. I knew I was wrong. I had no shame in admitting that I was wrong. And the one thing I wanted more than anything was for no one to point it out, no one to look in my eyes and say, you struggle with a porn addiction. Imagine you standing up in front of someone with the gift of discernment in front of 300 people in the church, in a church, and God put an assignment on that prophet's life. God put an assignment on that servant's life for you to receive. But for you to receive it, the darkness of your sin had to be exposed. And so they said, you struggle with a pornography addiction. And you felt some type of way, but You had no choice but to just let it all out. Maybe put people looked at you differently. Maybe they didn't. But what probably happened was the body gathered around you, but the body would gather around. See, if 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 you're around believers who 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 know how to respond to that correctly. And they all circle around you and they all pray deliverance out of you. It becomes an upper room experience. It becomes that that whole exposing the unfruitful works of darkness takes on a whole different meaning. See, we don't expose the darkness to embarrass people. We expose the darkness because this is what we were created to do, children of Yah. For we don't win, for we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against powers, principalities, and rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts and wick and wickedness. A, a, a spirit, a wicked host in heavenly places, excuse me. This is what we're called to do. For our weapons of warfare are not are not carnal, but are mighty in pulling down strongholds, casting down the imagination and everything that exalts itself against the most high God. This is what we're called to do, children of Yah. This is what we're called to do. And that is why I have no shame in my game in admitting when I am a wretched sinner. God's strength is made perfect in weakness, children of y'all. And so the many times I asked God to forgive me right after I, I used, I would look at the porn and my heart was never in it. But I wanted to say it as a formality just so I could say, well, I asked God for forgiveness and, you know, the Bible says he'll forgive me. So, so he'll, he'll forgive me. And the many times I asked God to forgive me, nothing ever changed for me. Why? Because he knew what was in my heart and he knew what was in my mind. The many times I prayed that prayer of forgiveness, 
it was never sincere. My heart wasn't in it. And I just felt like I had to say it because I wanted to count in the kingdom. It was like, it was like, you know, I, 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 I want my, my flesh. I want my desire. But I also want the kingdom too. But because it was a stronghold ever since I was a kid, I literally refused to give it up. God, you know I want you, but don't make me give up the porn. I'll do whatever else you want me to do, but don't ask me to sacrifice it for you because I can't do it. I've been so hooked on this porn for much of my life. Like, I, 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 I literally can't imagine my life without it. Children of y'all, this was a reality for me, and I know this is a reality for a lot of people. Like, this is the truth. We say we can't live a life without Christ, but... As soon as we walk out those doors on Saturday or Sunday, we're already living a life without Christ. We're already selfish. We're already scared. We're scared to talk to that dude across the street whom the Holy Spirit told us to speak to. We're scared to put others before ourselves. We're scared to do the one thing that God is constantly asking us to do that goes against the flesh, that goes against the desire, that goes against the one thing that we love in secret and we hope no one tells no one about it. Children of God, this is the many who fall into the snare and the condemnation of the devil. God, I love you, but I love the drink too. God, I love you, but I love the sex. God, I love you, but I love the drugs. God, I love you, but I love the money. God, I want to make it into the kingdom of heaven, but still be a fornicator at the same time. Don't make me give up the many, many women. God, I want to make it into heaven, but that henny is amazing. This is a truth that a lot of people fight with in their hearts. Psalms 106, 36, 39. They served their idols, which became a snare to them, and even sacrificed their sons and daughters to demons and shed innocent blood. The blood of their sons and daughters, whom they sacrificed to the idols of Canaan, and the land was polluted with blood. Thus they were defiled by their own works and played the harlot by their own deeds. Children of Yah, when I say I was a harlot for the devil, I was. And the porn had penetrated my heart to the point of 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 of, of, of even corrupt it corrupted my walk with the Lord so much that I started to act very, very differently towards women. And I felt myself becoming one with the serpent. I felt myself losing myself. How many of you struggle with a secret sin, that one skeleton in the closet that you just felt yourself losing? You felt like more and more of the version you wanted to be was gone by the day, gone by the minute, gone by the hour. That one secret sin that you committed a thousand times over Children of y'all, I felt like I was a slave. I felt like I was a slave to the devil. And then the blood of Jesus came in in year number 10 of my walk with Christ and broke those chains, destroyed that skeleton, cleansed it, 
casted it, casted it into the depths of the sea. My, my closet is clean. I got on clean garments now. I don't have dirty clothes in the closet anymore. I got on white garments. I got on pure garments. But they either serve their secret sins or their secret skeletons or they serve his Shekinah glory. It's one or the other. You can't do both. I know this is a hard truth that some of you are going to have a very tough time swallowing, but you cannot do both. That one secret sin that you always want to consistently minimize, God is going to hold you accountable. And he's looking at you like a parent looking at you when you were a kid and you tried to you tried to pretend like you didn't even do nothing. But the parent, mom or dad is like, you know what you did. Come over here. You can't go through the secret sin and then want to be a part of his kingdom and pretend that secret sin isn't there. You know it's in your heart. You got to allow the father to chastise you. If you truly want to be his, you got to accept the correction and you have to accept the discipline. Because with every sin is atonement. You can't experience the freedom without atonement first. And for some people, it's not even that, but rather something they did in the past that wasn't the best representation for them. And then the guilt of what they did eats them. You remember that one time that you had that that fling with your best friend's wife? You remember that one time you saw your best friend's husband in a way you shouldn't have seen him and you couldn't get that image out of your head? You remember that one time you said you would never go to parties and then you went to that one party and it was the worst of the bunch? You remember that one time you caved? The devil loves to remind you of your past, children of y'all. Like he tries to remind me of mine. See, he can't get me with the porn anymore. He can't get me with the porn. That addiction is completely gone. That stronghold is completely cast down by the blood of Jesus. But he tries to remind me of my exes and their manipulation. And that spirit of Jezebel and how they just wanted what they wanted. But at the same time, they told me what they wanted to hear. And because of that, see, the devil knows how to deceive. If he could deceive a third of heaven, if he could almost get Michael, the archangel, if he could almost get him, the devil knows how to deceive. He knows how to deceive. But children, y'all, the guilt of something we did rather than our secret sin, even if it was just one thing, you could be 
the most beloved pastor in a congregation, but you slept with the deacon's wife and you kept it a secret for nine years. You kept it a secret for 10 years. And it's the guilt of what you did that just, it just eats at you. And you sit there and sometimes you can't even breathe at night. You have demons, you have the spirit of torment to, uh, uh, haunting you in your sleep. You go, I don't know how I can make another second living with this. But I know if I tell everybody, if I, the Bible says confess my sins to one another, but I know if I tell everybody, they're going to feel some type of way. My whole ministry might be destroyed. It might be destroyed. And children of God, that's a difficult pill to swallow if you have a secret sin, if you have a skeleton in the closet. You say, I'm one of the most beloved worshipers in the church. But I have this sin of homosexuality. And then certain people come in the church and I can't stop staring at them. I can't stop desiring them in my heart. There's, there's, there's always that one person that struggles with that secret sin. And I don't want you guys to be misunderstood, to misunderstand me. I'm not a homosexual, not even close. But it's the guilt and infidelity, a moment of selfishness or ignorance, or maybe a failure that they thought in God's eyes was something that they could never be forgiven for. And the opportunity to seize a different outcome came and went. All of us go through this, children of Yah. Let's let's let, let let's tell the truths. Let let's be honest with ourselves. We can't keep this up. We are the end time church. It ends with us, children of Yah. We can't keep up this 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 false facade that and fake the funk. Jesus will see right through it, and He will say, "Depart from me. I never knew you." You workers of iniquity, depart from me. No matter how much you say you love the Lord, no matter how much you've done, you still have this secret sin in your hearts that you just won't tell nobody. You don't want nobody to know about it. And you swore to yourself that it would never see the light of day. And you were just going to kind of grow through your walk, hoping that God was just going to bypass it. Well, well, God just, 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 well, God, God still loves me. You try to convince yourself of all these different truths, but the bottom line is there may be something in your heart that suggests you have a love for the world. And that's the other hard truth I wanted to say. You can't have both. You can't pick and choose. Matthew 6, 24 says, Jesus says, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Children of Yah, a small love for the world is still a love for the world. 
James 4, 4, adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. I love how it says adulterers and adulteresses. More people struggle with that secret sin of lust, that secret sin of sexual immorality, that secret sin of homosexuality, that secret sin of adultery more than anything. It's typically money and sex, typically. But a small love for the world is still love for the world. A cracked open door is still an open door. If you had a cage full of rats and they were all just dying to get out and you cracked that one little mouse door one centimeter from its locking point, they would all squeeze through that one centimeter like spaghetti into a bowl. Children of Yah, the life of a believer and a disciple in Christ must be watertight and air sealed from the enemy. Ain't not one drop getting on this ship. We are now our father's children and his alone, children of Yah. And so anyone who struggles with the secret sin, one day it's going to be exposed you say, uh-uh, no, no, don't nobody, don't nobody got to know I, 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 I struggle with, with that, with that, that secret sin. Don't nobody got to know, you know, when I was running the church, I had, I had sex with, 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 with almost all the women in the church. No, don't, don't nobody got to know that. Don't nobody got to know that, 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 you know, I had this, this, this secret desire for a minor in the church. Don't nobody got to know that. It's going to come into the light. Luke 8, 16 through 18. No one, when he has lit a lamp, covers it with a vessel or puts it under a bed, but sets it on a lampstand that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is secret that will not be revealed, nor anything hidden that will not be known and come to the light. Therefore, take heed how you hear. For whoever has, to him more will be given. And whoever does not have, even what he seems to have will be taken from him. At some point, it's all going to come up. Nothing is secret that will not be revealed, children of Yah. Jesus says nothing. And somewhere along the line, I knew my I knew my secret sin of pornography was gonna was gonna make it into the light. So you know what I did? I took it upon myself and I told him myself. I exposed it. I said, the devil, you are not going to have this stronghold on me anymore. I'm going to confess my sins to the brethren. I'm going to confess my sins to my fellow believers because I need help with this more than anything else in my life. Luke 12, verses 1 through 3. In the meantime, when an innumerable multitude of people had gathered together so that they trampled one another, he began to say to his disciples, first of all, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. For there is nothing covered that will not be revealed, nor hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have spoken into the dark will be heard in the light. And whatever you have spoken in the ear in inner rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops. 
There's a lot of secret sins going on throughout the, the hypocrites, throughout the false prophets, throughout the people that say they love the Lord, but don't. Many of you have seen what's going on in the gospel industry. Many of you have seen what's going on in the world. Many of you have seen certain pastors be exposed and be brought to light. I'm not going to mention their names. You can find out who these people are for yourselves. But it just goes to show you, nothing stays hidden forever. It's a biblical prophecy. Whatever's in the dark is going to come to light. And children of Yah, that day of reckoning is soon approaching. That the ability to hide will be made null and void. And so it's time to step into the light, flaws and all. But you say, so Shaq, how can we beat it? How can we, how can we get rid of this secret sin? How can we get rid of that one thing that keeps us from being made anew? Like I said in James 5, 16, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I believe in Romans chapter 8, it said that Abraham's faith was accounted for righteousness. If you are faithful to the Lord, your faith will make you a, a very much a righteous man. And your faith in the Holy Spirit, in the kingdom of God, and Jesus Christ will produce the real works of the kingdom. This is part of being born again, children of Yah. But here's what I think of which uh, uh, two things will happen once you confess that secret sin, that skeleton in the closet, that one crippling thing that you fear will just drive you into a place where no one will ever see you again. The first is if you confess with your brothers or sisters that that one secret sin that you think will forever condemn yourself in their minds, they might just do that. They might be like, I don't ever want to see this dude ever again. He's too raw. He's too, he's too strong with it. They might just decide to, to reject you. In which case, don't be surprised. Luke 6.26 says, Woe to you when all men speak well of you, just as their fathers did the false prophets. You can't be a Christian and be popular with the world. So, if you're in a church that doesn't receive your confession, that doesn't receive you as a result of your confession, you're in the wrong church. If Paul can, if Paul can admit that he persecuted thousands and thousands of Christians and God forgave him and he's responsible for a third of the Bible, but reread his gospel, but they can't confess your one secret sin for pornography. They can't, they can't, they can't receive you. They can't receive you if you committed adultery with someone in the church. If you stand in front of the congregation, not that I'm calling you to do that, but if you stand in front of the congregation and the Bible says confess your sins and trespasses to one another and you admit, hey, listen, I'm one of the biggest pervs in this room and I need deliverance, they might just decide to stay away from you. But here's the ladder, children of y'all. Here's the ladder. The latter that I believe will happen more 
then the first thing is that if you confess to them this secret sin, this dark thing, they just might applaud you for having the courage to expose the darkness within you. And then they're going to pray with you and they're going to deliver you from the stronghold if you're ready for it. If your mind and your heart are ready for it. And typically when you get to that point, you're ready to let it go. You don't want it to control your life anymore. You want to cast it out and then come to a place where you don't even remember it. Because that's what happened with me, children, y'all. I don't even remember the details of my secret sin. I don't remember. If God don't remember, I certainly don't. I'm a strong believer in being transparent. We are a brotherhood, a chosen priesthood. And it is our duty as believers that we stand up and fight for others who can't do it themselves. When a brother or sister in Christ falls, we stand with them just as Joshua and Aaron stood with Moses when he couldn't carry himself anymore. He was so dedicated to serving the Lord and seeing his mission fulfilled so much that it literally took everything it had out of him. When we get to that point, children of y'all, that's when it means something. You say, I don't know if I'm ready to do that. Come to a place. I urge you to come to a place where you are ready. What's more important than receiving the kingdom of God? What else really is there? See, I'm the type of person, the one thing I feared more than anything in this walk was rejection. I feared that more than anything. God kept knocking on the door. He kept saying, I need you to go and I need you to go and tell people my truth. I need you to go and preach my word. No, stop knocking on the door. Ask me to do something else. Don't ask me to expose myself in front of everybody. Don't ask me to preach a truth that's not popular. Don't ask me to go against many, many churches and risk myself being kicked out of the church. Don't don't ask me to do that. I finally had this one little group of friends who love me and embrace me. But if I tell them the truth that if I tell them a truth that they're going to disagree with, then 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 it's it's going to it's going to be all over. And children of y'all, that's exactly what he asked me to do. And so I boldly, if I have to, I boldly sacrifice my need to be loved my need to be desired, my, 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 need, my need to be to be affirmed for the gospel. If my brothers and sisters reject me, then so be it. If the people I loved and once loved reject me and they don't respect me as a brother in Christ, then so be it. If everyone leaves my corner, everyone I've ever loved and cared about, and I can't, and it gets to a point where I wake up every morning alone and I can't breathe. And I have this one thought going through my head. How can I make it another day without the people I love? Then so be it. It's all for the glory of the kingdom. And every inch of our body has to scream the holiness of the Lord and his will. If everyone at church... 
at your local church, wherever you go, if they put a secret sin up at the altar on a piece of paper with their names attached, I bet you if everyone is open to the spirit, the outcome is not going to be what people may think. The outcome is not even going to be what you might think. And I have a hunch. The spirit tells me I have a hunch that there's going to be a lot of breakthroughs. There's going to be a lot of divine encounters and deliverance with the Lord and within the body. And I can see it now. They're going to be a whole bunch of people crying. They're going to be a whole bunch of people nervous. And there are going to be some people who refuse to do it. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm not going to put that up there. You know, that that that's too raw. I'm, I'm going to put the one that's, that's oh, uh, I drink every once in a while. Oh, I smoke every once in a while. I'm not going to put that I covet all of the women at the church I go to. I'm not going to put that one. That's too hard. But the outcome might just be, might just surprise you. And I have a hunch that everybody feels that way. But if we confess our sins to one another, there's an open door. It's a way out. And if we uplift our brothers and sisters rather than help them, rather than make them feel like, like they can never come back to the church ever again, I honestly believe that the outcome will be amazing. If God can forgive the murderers, if God can forgive Paul who killed and persecuted all his Christians, he can certainly forgive you. There is nothing, I have a hunch that there's nothing that you've done that God cannot forgive you for. Unless you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, which I don't believe you have, I have a hunch that there's nothing that you've done that God cannot forgive you for. And there's nothing, if if a person is with the Holy Spirit, we got to give grace to one another. We got to be graceful. We got to be graceful to one another. The grace encourages people more than anything. Let's not forget that because it does take a lot of courage to confess a sin to a brother, especially one that they've held to the chest for many, many years. And it takes even more courage to confess a sin that the body is afraid to confess. And a lot of people think uh, in the body, they think that their identity in Christ is dead dead and gone because of the skeletons in the closet. But you know something, children of y'all? God qualifies whom God qualifies. 1 Corinthians 15, 9 through 10. For I am the least of the apostles, Paul says, who am not worthy of being called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. Children of Yah, God knows. God was there from the beginning. And those who are tired of the pain and the hurt and the suffering, guess what? We get to see how it ends. I am what I am. And you are who you are. In the spirit, by his grace, not by might, not by power, but by his spirit, you are who you are. In closing, 
If you're ready to finally let go, you get to watch yourself transform from someone who merely believed. Yes, I believe Jesus died on the cross. Yes, I believe he died for my sins. Yes, I believe he's Lord and Savior. But the gospel didn't travel to my heart yet. Do I really believe? The Bible says these, these signs shall follow them that believe. They will cast out devils. They will speak out. They will speak new tongues. And they will move in power. They will drink a deadly poison and it shall no means harm them. And they will heal the sick and they will recover. If you're ready to finally let go, you get to watch yourself transform from someone who merely believed to someone operating in complete authority, complete authority, complete dominion, complete priesthood, anointed and chosen by the Most High God. The authority is not held captive by sin unless the beholder gives that sin access. And then the authority becomes null, but not void. Why? Because of the blood of the lamb, children of Yah. The minute you commit a sin, your authority becomes null. But by the blood of Jesus, your, your, your authority is not made void. It's renewable. You ever renewed your license? You ever went to the DMV and renewed your license? Renewed your membership? You can renew your authority because of the blood of Jesus, children of Yah. Because of the blood of the Lamb, the everlasting life, the eternal fire, the living water, the all-consuming fire. He defeated his death once more, and by his blood, we can defeat ours. Our whole game is exposing that lie. Our whole game is exposing the lie of the devil. That our secret sin is a part of us. That the skeletons in the closet are stapled to the closet. And we just got to live with it. I'm casting that lie down in Jesus' name. It is sown within us that we carried out the Lord's will. Which is to take his kingdom back that the devil has stolen from us and from God. For some, this was a hard message that they would rather hear the motivational rah-rah message and, you know, feel good for a couple of hours. But for others, I know this message was the thing they needed to be set free and that they just needed to know that they weren't alone in their struggle. And to those brothers and sisters, I say to you, I stand with you. I fight beside you and I intercede in prayer on your behalf that you may be restored and receive the water that never ends, the water that consumes you and overflows your cup. You are not alone. And to God be the glory. Amen. Guys, that's all I have for tonight. I pray to you guys go sow in Jesus' name, go grow in Jesus' name. Don't forget to subscribe. New episodes come out weekly. You can follow my Instagram handle. It's Yahweh Rise. You can also follow me on Facebook, Yahweh Rise Podcast. My name is Shaquan Woody. Let's cast down the secret sins, children of Yah. Let's burn the skeletons. They no longer have dominion over us. I love you all. God bless you all. And have a good night. Thank you.